Good morning, folks. Wonderful to be with you. Such a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. And so, Lord, we just commit this, this, this Word to you, Lord. Lord, this area is just such an area that the enemy has robbed from so many people. The area of healthy relationships, Lord. Lord, and, and I pray that you would build in our lives every one of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. So we're talking about healthy relationships, and we're starting this series this morning. And remember, it was Valentine's Day last month on the 14th as usual. And on Sunday the 13th, I spoke a message entitled Intimacy with God. And remember, that's when the hearts came up. And we said we're going to do this series on relationships in March. And so we're starting this morning. And I, I definitely, my default is I want to talk about relationship with God first and foremost. And, my, and Jenny pointed out, she said, but you did that on the 13th. You spoke about intimacy with God. And so this morning we are speaking about healthy relationships. And I do want to say our focus is we want to talk about healthy relationships with people. This morning at the pre-service prayer, as we were praying, I, I just got this, this picture and with a sense of the Lord kind of standing with a screwdriver in his hand. And he was approaching me and he was like, can I make some adjustments? <laughs> and I was like, sure, Lord. You know, like, well, I'm actually okay. And then, you know what I got? I, I kind of got a picture of a, of a radio. Now, I know some of you don't know what it is. Google what a radio is. But a radio was a thing that the radio stations, and you, and you got to adjust the dial to get onto the right radio station. But if you don't adjust, if it's, if it's in between, you get this horrible noise. You can't really hear what's going on. And I kind of felt like the Lord saying, well, you know, I just want, I need to adjust your dial a little bit. It's a little bit off. Are you okay with that? And, and so the Lord was challenging me, but I also want to say to you, you know, many of us, we so often think, I'm okay. But are you okay that the Lord just makes some adjustments? And so... This area, I also want to say that when we talk about healthy relationships, I'm not coming to you this morning and saying that I'm not qualified to talk about healthy relationships because of my background. When I was six years old, folks, my, my parents actually separated. And let me just say, you know, up to the point when a couple gets, a married couple gets to the point of separating, let me just tell you, there's a lot of water that goes under the bridge. I, I won't in this public format say exactly, but it was, when I say difficult, let me say, I don't know if that's the appropriate word to describe how it was. Fortunately, my folks came back together again. They were separated only for six weeks. But, but I want to say my, my experience of relationships was not good growing up. And so what does that mean? I have been a student. I have had to be so intentional to learn how to do relationships well because what was modeled to me, my default is not healthy. So I'm standing here and I'm saying, have I been learning for many years? Yes. Jenny and I, my, my lovely wife who's doing children's church downstairs, have done many marriage courses. Is our marriage perfect? No. Do I often default into patterns that I learned when I was a child? Unfortunately, yes. 
Am I trying to do better? Absolutely. I'm not sure that this message won't mean more to me than it will to you. And the reason is that I know where I come from. Pete Scazzaro says, he shares this, um, and, and I mentioned him in 2019 we did Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. Many of you did it. And I found that course so helpful, but he shares about himself. He says, I walk with a limp. And what he's referring to is just because of his background. And it was also because of a dysfunctional background that he learned and studies and was able to develop this material. And so I want to say, are you okay that the Lord come and make some adjustments in your life? And so let's look. The first point I want to make is this point on the next slide. This is a quote that I got from Danny Silk from his book uh, called Kylo. Uh, Kylo is an acronym for keep your love on. And he said this, healthy relationships truly are the most valuable, meaningful, and satisfying of human experiences. The most valuable, meaningful, and satisfying of human experiences. Now, if you, if you can catch a glimpse of what he's saying, I want to ask you, would you open your heart? If you are saying, you hear that and you're saying, I don't know what he's talking about. I've never experienced that. Folks, would you dare to come on the journey and say, I will try it again? Because the reality is some people are sitting here and say, I've been there, I've tried that. I was wearing a ring on my finger, I don't anymore. And there's a very good reason I'm not wearing a ring on my finger. Folks, that doesn't mean that that is not something that you can still experience in life. And some of you, we all have hectic life stories. The enemy, one of the main ways I believe that he wants to destroy our lives is he gets into relationships, he messes things up, so we don't experience that. Look at this scripture. I'm going to put this scripture up. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. And it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. And has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So this scripture is highlighting really the difference between a person who's walking alone and a person who's walking with somebody else. This, this, uh, this line about a threefold cord is often quoted in weddings. This verse is actually often used in wedding messages. And, and unfortunately, many people have become okay with walking alone. Now, I'm not going to unpack this verse, but it mentions three or four benefits of walking with other people. And you know, I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe this, this, this scripture irritates you because you say, Lord, the reality, this has eluded me. Or maybe I hoped I would find it. I tried it in that relationship, but you know, it didn't work out. 
I want to say emphatically, we are not just talking in this series about romantic relationships. Boy-girl dating, courtship relationships. Folks, relationships happen all over our lives. And the principles and the truths we're going to share with you, absolutely they'll work in your romantic relationships. But I trust they'll work in all your relationships. Your relationship with your parents. Relationship with your children, with your work colleagues, with your friends. Folks, these biblical principles will work in every area of your life. In Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 10 and 11, but I want to start with verse 11. I'm leaving verse 10 away. Because I think all of us would say, I want to, I want to be in verse 11. Okay, Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards Him. This is sounding good, don't you think? Boiling hot. Keep your passion towards Him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. And let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. I mean, being on fire for Jesus, I, I think that would just be a verse, a good verse to say, ha, being on fire for Jesus. And everybody say, I want to be on fire for Jesus. Lord, I want to burn for you. Absolutely. Passionate about Him. Okay, have you heard that somewhere before? Our kind of focus, um, and, and for many years, has we passionate about Him and people. So there's definitely this dude, what, what, what this, he's describing, somebody passionate for God. But I purposely said, let's look at verse 11 first, and then we look at verse 10. Look at what verse 10 says. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers. As members of one family... Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. And then he talks about being on fire for Jesus. I want to submit to you verse 10. In many other, this is the Passion Bible, many other translations speak about, just you simply use the word love and honor. Folks, and there are it's, it's, it's like the fireplace for the fire. This church, as in every church, is meant to have people that are on fire for Jesus. Amen? But let me tell you, your brother, speaks about brothers, and your sister, they the fireplace, the, the place that you feel safe to burn for Jesus. Amen? This place that you experience love and honor, this is, this is the kind of community we want to create. A community where you feel loved, a community where you feel honored and you feel respected, that is the kind of place that you can be on fire for Jesus. Amen. And so, absolutely, you know, I, I just I, I, I can speak all day about verse 11. But sometimes, sorry, Cynthia, we, we've been, did you just click to get it? Sorry, I thought it was there. Click, just click and it'll come up. That verse 10, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. That is the foundation. That's the fireplace within which the fire burns. You can obviously think if you, if you don't have that, what's the opposite of love? Let's not even put in adjectives there. What's the opposite of, of being honored and respected? It's, it's, it's not a nice place. It's very hard to be on fire for the Lord if you're not in those spaces. And so the series is focused on how do we get to create a community that we see in verse 10 over there. Okay. 
So let's go on. Now this, what I'm putting up here, is a little paragraph about love. And I want to say, I believe this is the foundation. If we are going to be talking about healthy relationships, the foundation is love. This text, I literally copied and pasted it from our little one-to-one -one booklet, which is, many of you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a discipleship material that we use in connect groups, etc. And I put all the text there, but I want to look at the second last point I've highlighted there. It says, love is at the core of all healthy relationships. Love is at the core of all healthy relationships. So this is what we're talking about, folks. And I want to, what I love about this little paragraph, this is in chapter 1 of the 1 to 1. Chapter 1 was actually written by Pastor Carol Gosman. Some of you know her. And I want to read just what this is, because this is, this is the foundation of what we are talking about. The Bible views love as the sacrificial desire to place the well-being of another above one's own. Folks, I'm telling you right there, you want to know where many relationships break down? It's because somebody is not, they're thinking about themselves. This, the, these words, sacrificial desire. The moment it becomes just about yourself, red lights, warning lights about that relationship. If we're not thinking about the other person with sacrificial desire, whoa, that relationship is in danger. Goes on to say, love can be defined as a passionate desire to be relationally intimate with another. That sentence is kind of where you know the world would define love. They would definitely say that, this passionate desire to be relationally intimate and romantic relationships. That's where we're at. People want to go there. Ooh, I want to be there. Ooh, she's hot. You know, she, she revs my engine. You know, passionate desire for intimacy. In the world, people think that's all it is. But folks, if there isn't a sacrificial desire to place the well-being of that person above your own, haha, <laughs> that fire is going to die. And that fire is not going to be... Be, be, be ignited again. And it says in the next point, committed to do what is best for them. Folks, if you in a relationship and you committed to do what's best for them, I'm telling you, wild horses will not be able to destroy that relationship. If you committed to the other person and, and what's best for them and they committed to what's best for you, I'm telling you, that's an awesome. Your relationship has a wonderful future. Love is at the core of all healthy relationships. And God desires to express His love to us and through us to others. That's beautiful. This love, our love here in this, in this church is not meant to stay in these four walls. It's meant to be expressed to others. So what does this look like? We're going to unpack this a little bit. So the first point on the next slide, I want to make communication is the lifeblood of relationships. Okay, that's the lifeblood. We've looked at the foundation, this foundation of love, and Romans speaks about honor and respect. That's the foundation. But the lifeblood is communication. Folks, 
If there isn't healthy communication in your relationships, where's that relationship going to go? I mean, you know what it's like when the relationship's on ice. You know, you kind of vaguely greeting each other, but just barely saying good morning to each other. And there's just, there's no communication. That relationship's dead in the water. And so this morning, the first thing that we're going to look at in the next three weeks, we're going to look at other dimensions of healthy relationships. I'm talking about communication. And you know how many people think they're actually quite good communicators? But if somebody had to come, if you were communicating with somebody special to you and somebody had to come and listen to how you communicate and maybe give a scorecard out of 10 regarding how you're doing, I want to ask you, honestly, what score would you get in some of your key relationships? So let's look at this. I want to put the next picture on the screen. Folks, we are the most connected generation that has ever lived on the planet. You have more communication tools, apps, devices, screens at your disposal than any generation that has ever lived. You know, back in the day, my granny and grandfather, they didn't have, even have a phone in their house. The only way they could communicate with people was face to face. There was no other option. You have probably 10 apps on your phone with which you can send messages, receive messages, voice notes, video notes, video call, group call, I mean, emojis. I mean, it's stunning how many ways you have to communicate. But how come today's generation is more isolated? How come they're more lonely? How come they're more suicidal than ever before? Have you wondered that? How come you have such immense possibility to communicate, but yet people are dying on the inside? Folks, I'm actually not going to specifically answer that. I want that to provoke you. How come you have so much communication options, but yet you're so unconnected? I want to submit to you, let's look at relationships. So just on the, on the next slide, I put up over there just all the different ways, and I've mentioned them. And I kind of, you know, I went through, it's, it's been a progression over time how these things have all developed. It is phenomenal how many ways we can communicate. So on the next slide, I've just got a picture of two people communicating. But you know what I, what I find interesting about these two people is... Can you figure out what they're saying? I was trying to look at those letters and think, my goodness, I couldn't even figure out what language they were speaking. And don't you think that's so often so true? People are communicating, they're messaging, they're sending emojis. You know how Jen and I were talking about, you know, sometimes somebody will send me an emoji. And I look at that emoji and I have no clue what they're trying to say with that emoji. And I go to Jen and I'll say, what do you think this emoji means? You know, it's like... They're communicating. And to them it made perfect sense why they sent that emoji. But I'm like, is this good or bad? Are they sad? Are they happy? Are they, are they cross with me? Are they trying to be funny with me? What on earth does this mean? And, and, so, and, and, and the converse is also true. 
I've had people ask me, why are you sending me that emoji? What, what does it mean? <laughs> I'm like, well, why? That's so obvious. And so the deal is this, that we often think that we're communicating quite well. But the whole question is, what's the other person getting? What is the receiver getting from all this communicating that you are doing? Not to mention humor. Oh my goodness, I've gotten in trouble with humor before. You know, where I see something funny and I post it and I share it. And the other person gets really cross with me. I remember one person on, on one social media platform got so offended by something that I thought was really funny. And I was like, we are communicating more than ever. But we are missing each other. We are getting offended with each other so much. Let's just take a step back and look at communication. And so, I want to put up this. This is so basic, but it was so helpful when I first learned this. And the, on the next slide, it's the five levels of communication. Now, folks, this happens in society, in your community. You do this with people all day long. So often you're just not aware of how this happens. Now, the first step is this level of small talk or cliche. Okay? And that is our basic greetings. Folks, we can't go on to deeper levels of communication if we ignore this. It is important. Like, if I say good morning to you, it's a cliche. Some people say, well, it's not a good morning. Have you heard those grumpy people who say, how can you say good morning? Look at the weather. Or did you hear this, you know, uh, whatever. Liverpool lost last night, last night. How can you say it's a good morning this morning, you know? People, have you met grumpy people like that? They don't even, but you've got to, we've got to do the cliche thing. I mean, you know, Saubana, Ngiapila, you know, I'm good. Even if you're not Ngiapila, you know, I'm not fine, okay? You're still Ngiapila. It's a cliche, you know, Molo, Molweni, you know, Goeie Mora, Goeie Dag, Goeie Naand, whatever your language, whatever your culture, these cliches are important as a first connection. For, I mean, you know what it's like if somebody, if you say, good morning, and they say, it's not a good morning. That just destroys communication right there. We've got to do the protocols, okay? We've got to do the protocols to move on. So don't despise them. Some cultures are very polite in terms of how they do their cliches, okay? I mean, you know, or for example, you know, hi, how are you? I'm fine, you know? And then somebody will, well, I'm not fine. Why do you say you're fine? Well, you're not fine. It's a cliche. I realize that. I get it. But we've got to just, just get through this so we can go to deeper levels, okay? I understand you're upset this morning, but let, can, can we just get through the cliches and then I'll find out how you're doing. Okay. The next level is facts. Now, facts is, unfortunately, folks, you know, facts don't touch the soul, don't touch the heart, don't touch the emotions, don't touch the deeper part of ourselves. And Jenny was just sharing with me recently about somebody who was just sharing that that's where their marriage relationship is. It's just facts. And folks, that is like living in Antarctica. You are a multifaceted being. You cannot just live in a meaningful, deep relationship if you're just sharing facts. What are the facts? Oh, uh, you know, my son's finished, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, our son is finishing school at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Fact. Great. So what? So, um, I will go and pick him up today. Fact. But you can't live 
Facts are important. You can't ignore it. My goodness, you don't pick up your boy, it's a problem, okay? Everything else falls apart. You've got to get your boy from school. But we can't live there. Whatever. Another example. You know, in the office, you come and you say, John handed in the report this morning. It's a fact. But the next level is thoughts and opinions. Okay? Thoughts and opinions. Cynthia? Thoughts and opinions. Now, this is important, folks. This requires a high level of trust because now you're giving something of yourself. You're giving a thought and opinion. For example, John handed in the report this morning. I had a look at it. I don't think it's adequate. He didn't cover a number of important areas that need to be covered. Now you're putting yourself on the line because you may be speaking to another colleague who says, well, I also had a look at the report and I think he covered it adequately. Oh, there's potential for conflict here. For example, in a, in, in, in a home, for example, there's many, many places in a, in a, that we have to express our thoughts and opinions. The next level is feelings and emotions but this is now you're putting yourself on the line even more unfortunately and sometimes fortunately the line in the professional working world stops at three you share thoughts but you don't share feelings but do you have feelings absolutely john handed in the report this morning i noticed that it was inadequate that's your opinion but I'm feeling really frustrated with John because he should have handed this report in three weeks ago. And I've got to, uh, I'm speaking to the client and the client is really upset with me. And I'm upset with John. And that's really weird. But in the professional environment, we can't go there. And I'm saying, I actually think we have to sometimes be able to go there. But how do we go there? Many people are totally unskilled and unprepared to go there regarding feelings and emotions. Now, we dig, I said the EHS, EHR course. EHR course, eight powerful skills and tools on how to process these things. We'll definitely run the course again sometime. But folks, we feel things even at work. It's just we don't, we don't know. We don't create spaces to actually address it. But it damages relationships. And people get upset and people get fired because people are feeling things and then we can't find facts to justify it. But if we could only actually be able to speak about these things. The fifth level is deep sharing where we share our needs, our beliefs, our dreams, our strengths and our weaknesses. I want to submit to you firstly that our relationship with God. I pray that every one of you will be able to do some deep sharing with your Heavenly Father who loves you so much, who knows you, who created you in His image. I pray that in a marriage relationship, you would be able to go there. And I pray that you would have some friends, not, many of us don't have many friends in this area, but you'll have some friends that you can share these things with because this is when life flows. Folks, we want to be known we want to be loved, we want to be respected, we want to be honored, even and importantly in these areas. So I'm praying, I want to submit to you, a lot of this technology does not go often even past facts. You know, when you're sharing a little 
meme. How much of you are you actually putting on the line when you share some little funny thing that you saw somewhere? Are you having a meaningful... <laughs> my, 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 my daughter has this term. A DMC. Do you know what a DMC is? A deep, meaningful conversation. And I, I, did, I, I remember the term from way back. I forgot about it. And, and it's not this daughter, by the way. Everybody's looking at this daughter. I've got three daughters. I'm not saying which one. I just need to put a disclaimer. It's not this one, okay? She's feeling the heat of all the eyes in the back of her head right now. <laughs> a DMC, folks. Deep sharing is where we have DMCs. We all need to have them. I want to move on now. And I want to go to this place. Healthy conversations. Healthy conversations. And what I want to share, I, I was really, I was honestly struggling to say, Lord, how do I unpack this further? And it's not because there isn't stuff to be said. It's just there's so much that could be said in this area. I literally have about four or five slides that you're not going to see this morning. Because I was like, Lord, I want to bring it down. I want it to be practical. I want people to get this. I want to give them handles that they can have DMCs, deep, meaningful conversations with significant people in their lives. And so what I'm, I just want to give the honor where honor is due. Um, Danny Silk, I mean, quoted him earlier in his book, Kylo, Keep Your Love On. He has some points on how to have these kind of conversations. DMC. So this is what it looks like. Our first goal in a conversation is to understand one another, not to reach an agreement or a solution. Folks, you know, I'll just share with you honestly, we've struggled with this in our relationship because often you're having a chat to get a solution or get agreement. You want one answer, outcome. I want to submit to you, people are complex, people feel a lot, people do not see things the same way, and if the goal is always just to get agreement, that means you've got to basically get on the same page. What is agreement? You've got to get on the same page. That possibly means that one person must shift quite a lot their views, etc., and that often means, if that's the goal, the stronger person, the stronger debater, maybe, or the more forceful person kind of bludgeons the other person to agree to their view. But it's, a, it's, not, it's not a happy place. And so you reluctantly agree to something, but inside of you it's like, I don't like this one bit. And so I want to submit to you, for meaning conversations, surely the first place you need to go to is to understand the other person even if they are very different views to you. I believe in a meaningful, a trusting, loving relationship. It is that you understand what they are saying, and they understand what you are saying, and you're okay to just huh, get it out in the open and realize that, sure, we have different views on this, and it's not that we have to force each other to get together right now. I'm not saying that in every circumstance it's okay to just stay there. There are many situations, especially in a crisis situation where you have to make a decision, that sometimes you actually just have to make a decision. I realize that. Life, some things you can't park. I get it. 
But so often we're trying to force agreement. We're trying to get a solution where actually you're going to damage the relationship in doing it. Sometimes it's just one person shares and the other person shares. And you do your best to understand each other. Because sometimes you need time out to really think about where the other person is. And they need to think about where you are. And you actually just need some time to process. Because there are some things that we can agree to disagree on. We can agree to disagree on something and we can still walk together. I'm not saying in everything. There are definitely some things that could be a deal breaker in a relationship. You know, I mean, my goodness, you know, if one, you know, he comes home and says, I need to have a DMC. I'd like to, to, to introduce you to my girlfriend and tell you how I feel about her. That is very much a deal breaker, okay, if you're married, okay. There's some things that you, okay, this, this is going to, this is, but there are many, many things where we're trying to get a solution. We're trying to get agreement, whereas we don't have understanding yet. Understanding is the first step. And once we've got understanding, maybe slept on it a night or three or three weeks or seven weeks. And it's like, okay, let's see if we can get agreement. And that process of getting agreement requires quite a lot of these other steps that I want to put in here. Next point is this, that my thoughts, my feelings... And my needs are valuable and important. And so are yours. Folks, love and respect. That if the other person is sharing something that is actually very different to you, you will still value what they're thinking and feeling because you love the person. Even though you don't agree with them, you don't see it like that, and you kind of currently think you'll never see it like that, but allow God to work on your heart. Allow God to work on your heart. Allow God to work on their hearts. With God, all things are possible. Amen? Some things you need to actually hammer it out, get a solution. Some things you can leave. And some things you just need to take time to try and find, find a happy medium. Next point. I do not participate in disrespectful conversations. Full stop. How many are thinking... Oh my goodness, if every conversation could just be respectful, that would make a world of difference. When my thoughts, my feelings and needs are devalued in a conversation, I will stop the conversation and set a clear boundary. Until respect is restored, I will not participate. Now folks, we learned this years ago. In one of our marriage courses, we can't even remember which one. The principle of time out. Now, time out can happen for a number of reasons. For me personally, I can sometimes feel something and, 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 and get a bit vocal about something. And I know that I need time out. Personally, I need time out. But this point is... When your thoughts, feelings, and needs are devalued in a conversation, I will stop the conversation. There are many times, folks, that people carry on trying to talk when it's devolved into a shouting match and you are not going to have any happy outcome. When people are getting defensive, when people are feeling angry and frustrated or fearful, fear is a scary motivator. A scary motivator. Folks, just call a timeout. Literally, we have, and I've often done this to my wife. I'm just like, timeout. 
in sport they do this. Some sports, I don't know where they do that. This means time out. Let us just take a breather. Let's just find another time to talk about this. Okay? Next point. It's my job to tell you what is going on inside of me. And it is your job to tell me what's going on inside of you. I will not expect you to know my feelings and needs unless I have communicated them to you and vice versa. You know, this was such, such a, an aha moment. I remember we were newly married. And I can't remember what the instance was, what the situation was. But I remember my wife getting this very disappointed look on, his, on her face when she realized I had no clue what she was feeling or thinking inside of her at that time, whatever the incident. She was so disappointed. She thought that I would, I totally understood how she was feeling about this thing, etc. And, and it was good for our relationship because at that moment she realized I need to work harder to tell Jacques what I'm feeling or thinking because he really doesn't have a clue. And so this is so important that you take responsibility for communicating what's going on inside of you as much as the other person takes responsibility for communicating what's inside of them. And don't assume. You know, remember the, the word assume, I've often unpacked it. Uh, a, a pastor once told me back in Cape Town, she said, assume. The word assume, A-S-S-U-M-E. said, when you, make, when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. Ass is a donkey, by the way. You make an ass of you and me. That's the word assume. How often, how often, the problem relationship, you've just assumed, you have not taken the effort to communicate what's inside of you. You think what's inside of them. They haven't communicated clearly what's inside of them. And you... You're talking here in the space of assumptions. And it's so far from reality. Next point. The best way to communicate my feelings and needs is to use I statements that show what I am feeling and experiencing. Now, what are I statements? Simply, Jenny... I feel that, boom, 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 boom. If I start with Jenny, you make me feel da 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 da. No, 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 no. Actually, Jenny can't make me feel. I could make a statement. Jenny, when you said, boom, 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 I felt. That's valid. She. She said something, or I said something, and she's using an I statement. But you see, the problem with you, the moment I come with, you, ba 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 ba, you said, you did, ba 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 ba, the person is immediately defensive. They put the walls up, they get the armor out, they get the sword out, and they're ready to defend themselves. And where is that conversation going to go when the other person's defensive? Or when you're both defensive? You're going to go, no. But when you come with I, when, when you did that, this is, how, this is what I thought. This is what I felt. 
This is what I experienced. You, and now, you, you, you're being vulnerable, you're being transparent about your stuff. Does that require trust? Absolutely. Is it scary? Freaking yes, it's scary. Okay? Especially in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of a dating relationship where, where you're getting to know each other. It is scary. But folks, love is risky. Let me just tell you, love is risky, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Okay, so we're going to do I statements. And finally, I will do what I need to do in order to keep moving towards you, no matter what. Next week, Jenny is going to be speaking about heart connection. Heart connection, a key element. I don't want to steal a thunder from healthy relationships and this key aspect of heart connection. What does it look like? But I want to submit heart connection is where I'm committed to moving towards you even though this thing, we differ on this thing, even though this thing is, is between us. I'm committed to moving towards you no matter what. You know, it's one of the questions we, we ask couples when we do pre, premarital, pre-engagement counseling. And we do it, we like to do it before there's a ring on the finger. And why do we do pre-engagement counseling, not premarital, we do premarital as well, is once the ring's on the finger, it becomes about a wedding ceremony, it becomes about a dress and a cake and a wedding venue. We like to get couples talking and walking with couples before the ring's on the finger so that they can figure all this stuff out before there's all this stuff about a wedding. I want to finish with an injunction from 1 John 4 verse 11 to 12. It says, Delightfully loved ones. Okay, that's you and me. If He loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Loving one another, that's our way of life. That's how we roll around you. That's how we do it. Why? If Because He loved us with such tremendous love. I want to come back, folks. One of the best things you possibly could have done in this last week for your intimate relationships is, for example, come to our encounter evening. Why do I say that? Encountering God's love. Letting Him just know how much He delights in you. Changes how you will approach every one of your relationships. It will give you a confidence, a humility, a grace for some hard things that you and I face every day and every week. Verse goes on to say, verse 12, No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of of God's splendor. Now, just think about that. What, God's splendor. And then he says something amazing. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home with us. Wow. Folks, he's comparing gazing on God's splendor with what happens when we love each other with his kind of love. God makes his permanent home with us. Who doesn't want God's permanent home with us? Loving one another in the spirit realm is profound. 
And we make our permanent home with Him. And His love is brought to its full expression in us. His love, folks, is brought to its full expression in us. Folks, in John 13 it says, And they will know that you are my disciples because of your love for one another. This stuff is more profound than, than just about, I can't, I can't even think of, you know, you, sometimes we think we need to preach the perfect sermon to people to get saved. No, 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 they're just looking at how you relate to your spiritual brother and sister. And it's like, wow, I, I want what they got. You know, that's what got me into church at the end of my first year. I was born again, but I was not in fellowship wasn't going to church. I saw how the Christians related to one another. Me and my mates, we were friends and we used to do stuff that I won't mention from the pulpit because it's being recorded right now. In any case, it's under the blood, okay? So, we did stuff together, but I saw how the Christians related and I was like, you know what, I actually want to be with those guys. These were guys. First year, second year, third year, men at university. And I was like, how those Christians relate. That spoke to me. Nobody preached a sermon. Nobody gave me a Bible verse. I saw how the Christians related. And I was like, I want to be there. And yeah, whatever, 30 years later, 35 years later, I'm standing in a pulpit and I'm preaching about God's love. But I saw love in people in my residence. So I want to close with that, folks. And I want, to, I want to pray for us. Lord Jesus, this is such a God zone, Lord. And, so, and it's also, Lord, for some of us, just such a painful zone. Lord, more pain has been and is experienced in broken relationships than, than, than anything I know than any sticks and stones that could break our bones, Lord. Broken hearts is just so painful. And so, Father, firstly, I pray that we would invite you in. Lord, that picture I had of you kind of saying, with a screwdriver in your hand, can I make some adjustments? Lord, I pray that we would be open to you making adjustments. God, not just adjustments. For some of us, it's like... <laughs> Lord, I think I need a heart replacement. So God, I speak, I want to speak healing, Lord. I want to speak deep inner healing. And I want to speak, for some of you, it's just like, I don't even have a hope that God can heal my heart. But I say, but He is a Redeemer. He is a Savior. He is a Life Giver. He is a healer. I speak that into hurting hearts. And God, I pray, Lord, as I just put up some really life-giving principles on, on communication. God, I pray that we would go deeper in our communication. If it's from small talk to facts, if it's from facts to opinions, from opinions to feelings, from feelings to deep sharing. But God, I pray for wisdom. God, give us wisdom to know 
what is appropriate sharing with different people in our lives. God protect us from oversharing, but God give us boldness to share with people that you bring in our lives. I pray that we would have people that we can share deeply with. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you folks. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.